You are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for Plano Pulse with your hosts, Jamie Jolly and Jeff Beckley. Thank you for tuning to Plano Pulse, recorded at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Jamie Jolly, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Jeff Beckley, 2018 Board Chair of your Plano Chamber. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. In this episode, we're going to be looking and talking about the recent midterm elections. Uh, Before we get started and introduce you to our guest, we would like to take a moment to share a message from today's episode sponsor, Rose Food Service. Rose Food Service is a Plano-based small business offering commercial catering services. Their clients include City of Plano, Plano ISD, where they serve lunch to 400 children a day, and numerous businesses and organizations, including your Plano Chamber of Commerce. Steve Vitasic, executive chef and owner, is a graduate of Leadership Plano and has sponsored the program for over a decade. Need catering services for your business meeting or social event? Get started by visiting rosecateringplano.com or calling 469 443-0406. Just looking for a great lunch? Steve invites you to stop into his cafe inside the Collin County Courthouse in McKinney. Thank you again to our friends at Rose Food Service for sponsoring this episode. As I mentioned earlier, we are taking a look back at the recent results from the midterm elections. Uh, Joining us for this conversation today is Jay Barksdale with the Davis Advocates. Davis Advocates partners with the Plano Chamber on our advocacy efforts, and we welcome you. Jay joined the Davis Advocates in 2015 as Executive Vice President of Government Relations. He leads the legislative advocacy effort for the firm, focusing on economic development, transportation, natural resources, health care, and other business-related policy issues. Jay also advocates for clients on local levels throughout the region at both the city and county levels. Prior to joining Davis Advocates, Jay led the Dallas Regional Chamber's public policy efforts for more than nine years. During 12 years spent working for DART, Dallas Area Rapid Transit Authority, Jay was part of the team that brought light rail to the Dallas area in the late 1990s. And when you're in Austin, you can almost always be guaranteed to see Jay there. I've seen you numerous times. Thank you, Jay, for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So uh, lots to talk about um, coming off the heels of the election. And um, I think the entire nation was uh, glued to the TVs, kind of watching the results come in. So let's talk first about voter turnout in Collin County and in the state of Texas. I think our listeners will be interested in seeing how our our local community weighed in. And um, from what I understand, in Collin County, we had about 61 percent voter turnout. Um, Exactly. So what what does that mean for the community. I mean, is well, that a good number? I, it's a huge number for a midterm election here in Plano in Collin County. Uh, if you look back to 2014, uh, which was another midterm mm-hmm. election, uh, you only had 36.36% mm-hmm. uh, that came out to vote. And, and at the recent election it was 61.15. So it shows a lot of interest in, in this election. Sure. So were there any segments um, that were surprising in terms of turnout? Young voters, uh, women, 
new voters. Um, what what did you see, or what what did you pick up from the tea leaves on I, on turnout? It's a little bit too soon to know for sure exactly, but the polls that I worked uh, saw a lot of young people uh, and a lot of uh, women out to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've read, there was a, a, a lot of uh, new uh, registered voters coming out this year as well. I heard a lot of first-time voters, yeah. and I don't know if that was first-time voters as in uh, turned 18, or is it because they're new residents to Texas, first-time voters? Or is it a function of, I'm 28 years old sure. and I've never voted before, and now I'm excited and, and there's some 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 item that's actually kind of drawing me to the polls yeah. that hasn't previously been there. And I think that trend that we're seeing in Collin County, you could say, is happening across the state and across our nation. We've had um, large turnout in a lot of elections. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, in a lot of races. What do you think drove that type of turnout? What could we attribute to that? Well, uh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that will also be seen, but I think there was a certain aspect of it was of reflection on what's happening at the presidential level, mm -hmm. both for and against uh, how President Trump is, is running his office. Uh, also, there was a lot of enthusiasm uh, in the U.S. Senate race between Senator Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke. And, and, and additionally, I would say that the, the school community, the teachers really uh, were fired up this session, this sure. this race, and this showed up. So I guess my, my question, you know, just looking at, at what's happened in this turnout, in this election, uh, a lot of people are calling some of this the Beto effect. I mean, is this something that, you know, is, is kind of uh, seismic? I mean, is this something that's that will continue into future elections? Is it a one-time event? Uh, is this something that we can expect to see from our electorate going forward? What's, what's your feeling on Mm -hmm. On that, that's uh, another good question. I think <laughs> I think it shows that 2020, the uh, the presidential year, Texas will be in play. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a lot of close uh, uh, Republican races throughout the state. I think uh, the Democrats picked up 12 seats in the Texas House. Uh, our statewide candidates, you know, winning with uh, barely over 50 percent, and mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, Two and years I think, going forward. And I think just in general, when you when you have um, both parties actively involved, you have more accountability. Um, I do think that it, it provides you the opportunity to have, um, hopefully, have elected officials that truly understand that their, their population is changing, especially here in Collin County in North Texas. We're seeing that. And um, I do think there's some opportunity there. I, I mean, we look forward to about this time each year prior to the session, we'll sit down and meet with each of our elected officials in Austin and talk about the priorities of the Plano Chamber and the business community. And um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see as far as locally, um, let's talk a little bit about the outcomes in mm -hmm. Collin County because we didn't see a, a lot of major changes. Um, no. And mainly let's talk starting with District 89, which would be the Texas House seat that was held by Representative Lobenberg. And Candy Noble is the Republican that won that seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, she performed pretty well, coming in at uh, fifty, almost sixty percent. That's that's mm -hmm. quite a, a strong win. Yeah, when you get to sixty forty. So comparing that then to the other two districts here in Plano, sixty six and sixty seven, much closer races um, um, between Matt Shaheen and Sharon Hirsch and Jeff Leach and Sarah DePue in District sixty seven. Yes. What do you make of that kind of? razor-thin margin that we saw in both of those districts. I'm still trying to figure that. It surprised me, I have mm -hmm. to say. I thought, thought 
both of them would have come in. They've been in office for some time. Their names are known to the community. I would have thought they, mm-hmm. I think that's probably closer than they expected too, but I don't know that. Well, and I think um, we looked at some of the numbers too of the straight party. So in the state of Texas, this will be the last time that you can right. vote straight party. And I think we saw a strong straight party vote by Republicans at roughly 137,000 people versus Democrats was around 97,000. Okay. Yeah, it was like a 40,000 advantage in the street party for the Republicans over the countywide. That's sure. Obviously, the breakdown district by district is mm-hmm. going to be a little different. So that could also be another factor when you talk about is this seismic and what you brought up, Jeff, is this something that's sustainable? Do we think this will impact? What does it look like in 2020? I think that's going to be another factor that's unknown is because you had the option of straight party. And when you take that off the table, does that change any of the dynamics of how people actually fill out their ballots? So it'd be kind of interesting to see. That will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just to carry the conversation on through to the other uh, competitive contest at the state level would have been the Texas Senate District 8 between Angela Paxton and, and Mark Ferris. Uh, that actually turned out to be a little closer than I think a lot of people expected as well. Um, so again, just to kind of round out our our House and Senate spots, it really seemed like the three races were closer than expected, with the exception being uh, Candy Noble, Ray Ash, right. um, House District 89. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, I think it's interesting when we look at what money was spent in these Collin County races. So um, it, it was very expensive for yes. some of these campaigns, but yet their opponents spent very little, right. five to one, 10 to one, um, 100 to one in one race. So it it makes you wonder what is the strategy that's winning these elections? Is it yeah, is I mean, it really you, about the money? Yeah, I mean, you look at what uh, the governor's race, Greg mm-hmm. Abbott had tens of millions of dollars and Lupe Valdez didn't raise much at all. And mm-hmm. she, you know, he, he did finish strong, but it's, you know, she kept him under 60%, right? Yeah. Which is surprising to me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a different, different day in Texas and, um, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be talking to Jay about election surprises and how the results could impact important business issues like economic development and public schools. Um, with that, let's pause for a message from our presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse, Legacy Texas. I want a bank that knows my name. Scratch that. What I really want is a bank that knows my money. At Legacy Texas, we know what you mean. You expect a bank to treat you like more than just a number. That's a given. How it treats your money? That's the bottom line. We take a business approach to all banking, even when it's personal. So at Legacy Texas, we get to know exactly what you need. And more importantly, what your money needs. Legacy Texas. Change your mind about banks. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're here with Jay Barksdale, Executive Vice President of Government Relations with the Davis Advocates. So Jay, we talked uh, before the break a little bit about some of these close races. My question really is, do these close races really kind of affect how those legislators that were in the close races, how they govern? What, what kind of priorities should they have? Should they look at coming more to the middle of the road? Should they Are they more prepared to dig their heels in and, and take some of the social issues and, and anti-business issues to a, to a greater degree? Uh, and what does it mean for the session? I mean, do, you know, do, we, do we see more compromise or do we see more d- divisiveness as we've seen in years past? Well, I think starting at the top, you know, Speaker Joe Strauss from San Antonio retired. So I mm-hmm. think 
with the closing margin between the Republicans and the Democrats, uh, I think I think it's pretty well assured that we'll get a new speaker who pretty well is in the mold of a Joe Strauss. It's not going to be an extreme. So do you think this is more of a moderate type speaker? They probably wouldn't outcome. say they're a moderate, but well, <laughs> it, it is yeah. going to be a pro-business, let's take care of business kind of speaker. Some And someone who will stand up to the governor and the lieutenant governor when they're out of a line. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, and I think, you know, for us, some of the issues we've been working on that are pro-business, what we've seen is um, we've had conversations, not not just with our delegation, but with elected officials. And a lot of it's um, maybe not focused on who they represent within that district and more about who gets them elected sometimes. Am I wrong in saying that or assuming that? I think this is a, a pretty pretty clear signal to, to House members throughout the state that Texas voters want you to, to take care of the business that needs to be taken care of and, and you know, focus more on the blocking and tackling and less on the flea flickers and stuff. Let's, yeah. let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's address school finance, uh, keep, keep our economic development program strong and, you know, fix our roads and things like that. Let's focus on what makes Texas great. I think one of the big issues we're obviously focused on um, within the chamber is school finance and looking at that in Plano we pay a lot in recapture and our our property taxes continue to increase but we see less of that money here locally and um, last session they tried to get some traction on on property tax reform without really addressing school finance do you think based on the outcomes of this election do you think that conversation is going to be different i know there's now a, a task force that's looking at mm-hmm. um, school finance but but do you think based on what we're seeing in the outcomes that we might see more traction in refining school finance i would hope so i mean the, the education community came out strong mm-hmm. you, you saw major candidates throughout the state running on fixing our public schools and the finance so hopefully they'll be able to follow through. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a message session. here too that the voters have sent uh, when you consider in the context of the TRE uh, votes, uh, Which elections? Which is the tax the ta- ratification. Tax ratification right. election for the independent school districts in Dallas, Richardson, right. Frisco all passed. Uh, you also had a bond election here, which didn't affect tax rates. But it seems to me that the voters are sending a message that I'm willing to let my property taxes go up if it's to really help the next generation. I mean, is that a message that really kind of carries through into this session that it's that it's less a conversation about capping property taxes and more a, a conversation about doing the right thing with the money that our state legislators, our local representation gets? I think that's a great point. And I think there's probably mayors and county judges throughout the state that went to bed last night with yeah. a little more ease and you slept better. But we'll, I'm sure there'll be some that bring those issues up, but I think they've lost some of their momentum. Mm-hmm. And I think transportation is something we talk a lot about here in Collin County. And um, we did pass a bond election, uh, three propositions that helped to fund some infrastructure. It was um, with good planning. margins, too. Yes, I mean, they, strong they came margins, in 60 yeah. plus percent on each. Uh, and I, I just wonder, um, you know, I know with this election outcome, we've lost a few advocates, transportation advocates. Um, Linda Coop is one that yes. comes to mind. Um, where do we think the transportation funding conversation and priorities, how will that be impacted? 
That, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure, but Linda was certain. Linda Coop was certainly a, a strong proponent, of, as as was Ron Simmons from Carroll. Ron Simmons, right. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and the transportation mm-hmm. really focused on that, and he was defeated last night. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, seems like all the candidates, though, talk about mm-hmm. our transportation system and the need to address it. So I'm pretty positive that uh, we'll get some good good action on that. Well, I would, yeah, and I would say, um, you know, we worked hand in hand with Collin County Votes, which is an initiative throughout the county with um, Collin County Business Alliance. And our, our really our push was to get everyone out to the polls, but to get to know the candidates a little bit. We linked information to their websites and things like that. And I actually was getting some questions from people that were visiting our website and asking where they lined up on things like school finance and transportation. So I think the voter, wow. hopefully, what you see is the voters more educated on the issues that are impacting their daily lives. A lot of people think, oh, it's going on in Austin or D.C. and it doesn't really matter to me. But when you start talking about a 500 vote margin difference between right. the two candidates, your vote really does matter. And so um, hopefully sharing that information, getting people more engaged in the process will um, help us and benefit benefit us as a community in the and, long run. And I think too to to kind of take the conversation uh, to how the chambers are working together and uh, presenting more of a united front in the area. Uh, we had an editorial that appeared uh, recently in the oh. Dallas Morning News about legislators need to take note of the chambers and the voice that they're bringing to the to the table in the session. Uh, to me, that's kind of an encouraging sign that. Um, that you know, thoughtful business leaders are stepping up. The chambers are working together. Um, you know, in the upcoming session, we've actually kind of working on a playbook where we can start to break down the issues and have key leads uh, on each topic, whether it's school finance, transportation, economic development, so on and so forth. Um, just you know, your thoughts on how chambers can affect policy decisions you know in this upcoming session well first of all kudos to y'all for encouraging people to get out to vote i mean mm-hmm. it went from 36 to 61 and you're certainly a big we'll part of that we'll take some credit yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, but you know you certainly i know y'all been working on that for mm-hmm. for, for some time and that, that that's congratulations on that yeah and so you know just coming back then to the chambers working together with our legislators and and really kind of tackling these key issues and keeping the focus more on good policy as opposed to, um, you know, being attracted to these shiny, you know, uh, divisive uh, issues that come up. I think I like what I'm seeing, and especially in North Texas, Mm -hmm. with the Plano Chamber and North Texas Commission and the other chambers of commerce coming together to strategically work on these issues and and partners. I think that's going to... sow some good things uh, mm-hmm. with our legislators. And well, so how does that help you then when you're, you know, representing, say, for example, yeah. the Plano Chamber and you're, you know, working with legislators in the, in the halls of, Cong- of, the, of, our, uh, of our state house there? I mean, how does that help you and, and give well, you um, material to work with? Well, certainly strength in numbers. So when, sure. when these legislators hear from multiple fronts that, hey, this is important to our community, that really goes a long way. Also, just sharing information about what's happening. I mean, there's a lot going on at a quick pace down there on, on all these issues. And the, the fact that we have, you know, one group watching this issue and one watching that a little closer than everybody, you know, that, that helps. You, right. you know, things can get by. And, and that, I think that's a good point. We we chose what our, our topic would be that we would kind of lead on. And I know for, like, um, 
Irving Chamber, it's economic development. They manage economic development for their city, that they're a partner in that. Um, for us, it was recapture and school finance right. because that's something that's obviously is um, very important to our citizens and our business community. So it is a good process going into this next session. I feel like we're more organized. Um, we have a more unified voice and hopefully we have a, a, a good partnership with our elected officials to make sure that some of these key issues for business um, they, they get addressed this session. So Jay is a former mayor of Waxahachie. I know that was a role you held previously. And then also in your role with the Dallas Regional Chamber, you've been in politics for quite some time and been tracking this. Um, what would you say are some takeaways from this election? Um, it was big turnout numbers, lots of close races, but what do you think is a good takeaway to share with our listeners? I'm hopeful that uh, the opinions of the local elected officials will weigh more with our legislators than they did last session. I was uh, back when I was in office, it seemed like uh, my state rep, my state senator really cared what I thought and shared with them about my community. And last session, it seemed like uh, sometimes if you went down there as a mayor or county judge and expressing your opinion, that, that could almost work against you. Sure. So I, I hope that our legislators will work closer with their local elected officials uh, to address the issues that are important to our community. Yeah, and we see, we have a great partnership with our city and our school district, and we see that a lot of the um, the reasons that people bring their jobs and their paychecks to Plano is based on some of those decisions that are made at the local level. And, um, and we encourage that um, our, our local governments have the ability to um, manage those things that are important to the voters right, right here at the local level. So, so as we go into the uh, upcoming session, I just want to remind our listeners that the Plano Chamber has developed a list of key legislative priorities. It's available through the website. Uh, I would encourage our listeners to go out, download those legislative priorities, but more than anything, take those legislative priorities, digest them and get involved. We have Collin County Days, we have Plano Legislative Days coming up in February and March of next year. Come to our public policy meetings here first Wednesday of every month. It's the place to be in Plano at 7.30 in the morning right here at the chamber. But get involved in the, in the process here. I, I think it's one thing to show up for the elections, but then to really kind of understand the issues and really help um, educate uh, our citizenry and our legislators on what's important to you is is going to have as much impact as anything so that's about all the time we have for today so jay thank you so much for coming in sharing some of your insights with our listeners i know you were um, been working the elections and so you've been very busy we appreciate your time thank you um, we would like to thank legacy texas presenting sponsor of plano pulse the support of our sponsors is critical to this podcast to learn more about sponsorship opportunities and availability, please contact the Plano Chamber team. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to join us for our next episode.